0: Of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now we're going to begin a new section in the letter to the Romans. We had 1 to 8, which uh, talked about the gospel. Remember, we just finished looking at 8? That's the gospel. The presence of the Holy Spirit who makes all of it real to us. That's the gospel. So all the rest was to talk about faith, to talk about our need for salvation, how corrupt we are, and so forth. And then the freedom from, remember, from, uh, uh, death, sin, and law. And then chapter eight. Now we're starting a whole new section, which is intimately connected to all of this. It is the call of Israel. And what is this call? And what is its significance now? Now, I don't know if you ever know this, but John Paul II made a marvelous remark some years ago. The covenant with Jews has never been revoked. You know? uh, Which is very important. They're not to be classified with non-believers, you know, or atheists. They are not. They are part of God's plan, and they are still part of God's people Uh, our job is to help them see that the plan has been fulfilled and now we wait for the complete outworking of that plan when everybody who is called will be in heaven forever how long how far away is that could be this afternoon could be a thousand years from now We don't know. There are people who uh, spend a lot of time guessing, but uh, God doesn't. He knows exactly what he's going to do. All right. So it's very powerful, but it it, um, requires some reflection, some background. Um, God chose Abraham. Sometime, probably, the things that, that are recorded of him are characteristic of a culture that was there in that part of Mesopotamia about the 18th century B.C. So we and we sort of... And some of it wasn't even in keeping with the law later on, so that they're telling this about Abraham. they It's very old material. How old? We don't know. Uh, but the choice of Abraham was the turning point in world history because then there was somebody who was a monotheist which never happened and who interacted with God not just an idea that there must be one Akhenaten down in Egypt thought maybe there was one God and the God was the sun but he never talked to the sun you know uh, there's one God and he's active and committed. And then that becomes clear with uh, the call of Moses and the rescue from Egypt. Then God spoke to the whole people and made a berit a covenant with them. And this is God acting in a covenant. Do you see how already we're getting an intimation? That God will become human? He's making a covenant with these people. At that moment, then, we have Moses. Is it at this point, or shortly thereafter, that they're led to expect someone to come and bring Moses' work to completion? Now, they thought, as time went on at least, they thought it would be, as Jeremiah promised, a new law which would be a deeper understanding of the law and an empowerment from the Holy Spirit. Some thought a whole new law, but very few. Um, And all the writings and all the expressions and all the history, you see, are moving in a direction. And it's only when... uh, You know what it's like I don't know if you ever had to do this experiment when you were in high school, but we did. You have a glass beaker, and you have water, and in the water, there's something being held in solution. Then you take a string, you dip it in another solution, and you put the string in the beaker, and everything crystallizes out around the string. So, Israel was that beaker full of something held in solution. Jesus is the string, put him there, and everything crystallizes and now makes sense. That's an image that came to me from my high school physics class, I guess it was. Uh, But you can see how it all makes sense. And these words, like son of man and all these words, they also start. So now Paul has a dilemma. If we are the chosen people, why did we reject the Christ? Why do most of us still reject the Christ? And what is God's plan for us? Has he totally rejected us now? And if not, what is the plan? Now, we, looking back now over 21 centuries, can see intimations of that plan. Also, intimations of how instead of holding it up, we could have facilitated it. By loving the Jews, and they loving us, there's been some enmity both ways, except that we outnumbered them in Europe, and therefore were the ones who, uh, and some did, of course, it's not all, but, and they also could have been nicer to us. Now, that's all over. You know, I used to say when I would talk some Jewish people would want to get in an argument. I said, look, your grandfather beat up my grandfather. And my father beat up your father. But they're dead now. It's up to us. Are we going to beat each other up or are we going to be brothers? You know, we've lived 2,000 years of this stuff. Why don't we go ask God what he wants? So Paul, you see, who is a Jew, has this question. If they're so chosen, why are they not catching on? Basically, at least in chapter 9, is going to be saying, it's a mystery of God's will. It's a mystery of God's will. So he begins, I speak the truth in Christ. My conscience joins this witness in the Holy Spirit. So what I feel, what I'm aware of is not just me it's the work of the Holy Spirit. Okay. I have great sadness and constant pain in my heart. And he did. I could prefer to be cut off myself from Christ for the sake of my brothers my kinsmen according to the flesh. That's a pretty strong statement. I'd rather be cut off and be with them and try to bring them all over than to be safe myself and be faced with that anger and enmity and lack of understanding. What can I do about that? Now he's addressing a community in, in Rome where there was tension between the Jews and the non-Jews who were Christians. And uh, he's going to say, look, I'm going to try to expound this, take some three chapters, in a way that will try to add some uh, intelligibility to it. And then he ends, you see, saying, "Ah, but when they come, it will be like life from the dead. Referring to that prophecy of Ezekiel. Uh, Okay. I could prefer to be cut off myself from Christ. That is what Moses said. Remember, if you're going to blot them out, blot me out too. He's... uh, so united with his people if they're going to be cut off then I could almost work that happened to me too but not really you see for the sake of my brothers my kinsmen according to the flesh And now he goes on to, to list all the uh, privileges of Israel they are Israelites notice not they were they are Israelites still beloved by God Still with a relationship to God. Okay. Theirs is the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the worship and the promises and the patriarchs and from them the Christ comes. So, all those um, privileges. Remember, already in the book of Exodus, uh, God said, I want to Moses, I want you to go and take my son out of Egypt. And that's repeated in the prophecy of Hosea, chapter 11, where he says, when Israel was a child, I loved him. Out of Egypt, I called my son. So way back then, you know, they are, they are Israelites. Theirs is the adoption their sons. Now that's going to be raised and intensified by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So that's the first of these privileges, you see, is the adoption. And the glory and the kavod. That means that brilliant, palpable, saving presence of God, the kavod. The anah, sometimes the cloud. To no other people, to the Lord, come in a kavod, in the kavod. And it set up a momentum within God's people. You see? And the covenants. Notice, not just the covenant, all the covenants. With Abraham. You see? Covenant. He made covenants. In a covenant, both parties agree. This is so beautiful. You see? And then, the giving of the law. We have the Torah. But it says in Deuteronomy, when people hear about the law we have, they're going to say, what a great and intelligent people. Look at the laws they have. And God will say, yes, your laws are admirable because I gave them to you. The Code of Hammurabi is quite a law. quite a law thing huh? see if I can find that quickly now no I'm not finding it Um, but when people hear about this law they are going to say what intelligent people what a great legal system they have you see and then the worship all the law about worship the wisdom and as Paul sees it now the prefiguration remember I've quoted this before Saint Thomas says that the Jews who practice the worship see were were in touch with the images of the reality and then basing himself on Aristotle he says the mind that moves towards the image actually terminates in the reality. Therefore, they lived by the same grace we have. That's what St. Thomas said. So, that's the worship. You see, that's the Avodah, the worship. All right, we'll uh, stop and for a little break here.